Welcome. To That Comic Smell Podcast. David Robertson, Fernando Pons, Mike Sadaka, and Tom Stewart. He's so nice. He's the quiet one. He's the younger one. Look at that. Quite happy. Yeah. See, he doesn't do anything. <laughs> so, how are you? Yeah, not bad. Few kilos heavier. Yeah, you look um, uh, happier. <laughs> you no, look. Uh, there's, there's more to say, It's all the colour I'm showing it. <laughs> there's a wee more to say, That's all. Oh right. Oh lovely. Someone tells me there's at least three of these sitting on wow, the table. Wow, that's a chunky thing, isn't it? Yeah. That's for me. They're getting bigger. That's oh, good. Yeah. Mm. This yeah, is a different. I knew I was Paper type as well. Thank you. You're my welcome back from mine, please. I, I also uh, I, I really appreciated the mention there. Uh, yeah, the mention that we all got. I thought it was brilliant. Oh, that comic smell advert. Yeah. I oh fuck yeah! Why have I not been getting this guy's autograph? Mm-hmm. I thought I'm going there very nicely. Go on, pile them up. Yeah. Line them up. My Line them up. Yeah, actually, I've never, I've never ever started asking you for that. Yeah, add it to them. They'll start charging us for the next one. <laughs> Where do you want it? Oh, right in the front. I usually just go here. Or do you like it on there? Nah, no, nah, in the front will do good. Alright. Or, or, or a front cover, or... Actually, you have the boss Sorry. on this, so you could pop it right in the very front, have something like Godzilla some leap some out of the water, right? Some people like it there, some people like it there. Yeah, something, I'm greedy, you do both. I'll go down here, Mike. Oh yeah. Fucking hell. Where, where the shark is. The shark? <laughs> <laughs> I watched Jaws once again. <laughs> did you, did you enjoy it? I just, I'm going to watch Jaws, that was on. Did you enjoy it? I did, it was really... The first one, yeah? Yeah. But it's funny how your idea of film was totally wrong. I thought, I'm not sure, uh, what's his name? Robert. Shaw. Robert Shaw. Mm-hmm. I had this idea that he died like halfway through that film. And then Robert the Shaw, of, the... He gets eaten. The police guy? No, Not he's like the mad, uh, the mad hunter, fisher guy. Oh, right. You know, he smashes up the baby. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't die? He does die, but it's like five minutes before the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, when he's getting it. Mm-hmm. When he's, yeah, I like, how could that have worked? How could that have been well, halfway through the film? And then the rest of them were, what? They were floating probably, the <laughs> probably also, he, he's very <laughs> little of him is in it at the first half of the film. Um, it's mostly oh, all yeah. at, the, at the end. To Mike. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah, that's what I like. That's, yeah. that's an order. Awesome. Hey. I like signing books. But you know, Quint was based on a real person. Who? <laughs> the policeman. I, I, I have a question to ask, though. Yeah. See the story here, Robert, uh, Robot versus Monster. It's Robot Monster. Yeah. Aye. And you see oh, uh, <coughs> the monster, he's like, the monster couldn't care less. He's like smashing up uh, Paris and... Uh, uh-huh. In London. Oh, don't be giving it away. Oh, spoilers. 
Put, put your hands in your ears. Okay, just on this one, because this one's blocked already. Well, I really like what you've done. Um, <laughs> Still there. Is there a pop? But, but uh, I, I, I found it really funny how you've went to the effort of drawing a pair of underpants on your monster. Yeah. Did you like one? That's funny. Thank you very much. It's been delightful. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, thank you for the book. Yeah, I'd like yeah. to give you guys a copy. I was, uh, I was having a good, laugh, good laugh with it on, uh, on sofa with my pal. I was sitting, reading away, and I burst out laughing at something. He went, right, go on, tell us what it is. <laughs> so to show what, what one was it? I think it might have been the news. Oh, um, for the deaf. News for the deaf. I was yeah. myself at the end of that. <laughs> so good. And uh, the other one was... <laughs> Hoovering. Hoovering, yeah. Oh, God. I've not actually had a proper good laugh at a, a comic in a while. Yeah, it's good. Like a hearty, proper laugh. No, I've got it. Hoovering just does my nothing. <laughs> As it does loads of people's mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. And then I thought, there's a comic in this. <laughs> if you stand the wrong way, it'll do your nuts in. Suck them up. No, lost a few good men to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <clears throat> so, cool. So, so yeah. kick off, you had the idea, kick off yeah. with your swag bag. Oh, okay. Well, show, and tell. show and tell ah. for Christmas. Mm. What, what did uh, you get? By the way, brilliant T-Rex as well, I like that. Well, I, this is the one I got for Christmas. Mm, the Tetragon the Demon. Oh, this is Kirby's stuff. Yes. Mm. And, um, Looks nice. Well, this is the thing, right? You get this first picture, oh, you get yeah. an idea of what the cover was like. Yeah, yeah, Everything was jumping out there. Second picture, there's mm-hmm. Merlin and a wee bit of an explanation. Then all of a sudden, get this. <laughs> and I realised after a wee while that almost every single comic, every single second page yeah. is like double with all this. And can you imagine what it would have been like working for Kirby, walking into his office and seeing him working halfway yeah, through this? That's pretty much sets the, the, the tone for the whole story. It's absolutely insane with all the yeah, artwork. That's Camelot just falling apart. And Merlin's, Merlin's last talk, so not everything's explained because uh, I'm like halfway through and even Jason Blood doesn't know he's Etrigan at, at this point. Right. So things are just sort of working all the way up, and then he's he's sort of um, getting an understanding as to why he's almost immortal and why he's a demonologist. And look, Jack Kirby puts these guys. Get them legs. Yeah. yeah. This is like the athletic pose that a lot of these guys had. Brilliant. Love it. Is that a horse? Yep. I love it, but that was exaggerated. That's really exaggerated. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. and the way Kirby draws horses, I mean, every single one's like a, a wild stallion. Right. That's not to name the, the black Pegasus, <coughs> which appears in uh, some of the issues. And Is like that it. the entirety of, of Jack Kirby's Yeah, I think output. it's 16, uh, 16 issues he did. Um, and look at, look at the way Etrigan's all hunched up mm-hmm. there, like mm-hmm. inhuman and demonic. It's kind of like, this was long before uh, um, uh, Todd McFarlane took his uh, oh, yeah. uh, M- uh, take on uh, Spider-Man, so... There's this emphasis away from the human side. There you go, there's another example of the double page. Look at that. 
Mm. I yeah, like it. Yeah, it's always so close. He gives that depth with a close-up face, doesn't he? Yeah. Then, yeah. Absolutely insane. And then, then of course, he wastes no time having the, the action. I know it's like a lot of Kirby stories. He doesn't sort of like... Grazie. Try and uh, stay there for too long at some boring bit. There's almost always uh, something happening. Okay. Here you go, there's someone that's been helping me this I found it really funny that when um, Neanderthal, when he gets into the, <laughs> into the cab, the magician just pulls out his wee device and Neanderthals are sort of like slumped back, uh, snoozing away. So, some of these pictures are absolutely dramatic. Um, so what year was this original? Uh, 70s. Early 70s. I 20 cents on the cover. Because uh, I think it was 72. <coughs> uh, here we go. 72 and 73. Just a couple right. of years out of, um, out of that song. That's absolutely full with these. Completely... Oh, there we go. Black Pegasus. Oof. Just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> oh, he's got five like blocks. <laughs> yeah, being rode like uh, by uh, Merlin, the magician, and Etrigan, the demon. And of course, there's the supporting characters like Randu, oh, the uh, Harry Matthews, yeah. and how, how much and they've, is that? They've got a they've got a, a beast in the uh, a beast in the basement done properly. I mean, only the thing from Star Wars can match that sort of thing. Look, a pub. Jack Kirby draws a pub. Double page, and it still looks as dramatic as the uh, the siege of Camelot. There's even yeah. even like people sort of like hunched down in the corners. There's like someone who might be a bit aggressive. There's someone unsurprised. There's a very feisty one-breasted uh, right. uh, barmaid as well. Yeah. And then of course Jason so Blood walks in, uh, and, like severed heads on the wall. So I, I'm I'm not going to venture oh, beyond uh, really beyond the nice, bookmark. Oh, and this yeah. wee guy here, he's actually been animated in uh, uh, the fourth series of Batman, the animated series uh, when mm -hmm. they sort of revamped it. Mm -hmm. So um, who is it? He's like a, a wee witch boy. Um, oh, that's witch boy. Yeah. yeah. But in the, in the animated one, I think he had something to do with uh, the Morrigan, uh, the evil demoness, uh, magician, uh, sorceress. Who's enemies of Merlin? <coughs> Get that fucking fingers. So as I say, I'm not venturing beyond the bookmark, but I shall pass this round. Oh, look at that! Lovely. Mm. Oh, you spotted the Neanderthal there. This is 376 pages. Yep. Nice touch. Yeah. With what? 20 pages worth on every page. Yeah. Mm. That's a great way of yeah. looking at it. But it really got, Gosh, it gets you into reading more Kirby stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, how much is something like this? I got that from Amazon as a, as a Christmas present, so I knew where to get it, but I did oh. not inquire on the price. Right. But there might be a price that we can get. Around 20 pounds. 20 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd wow. imagine it being something like eighteen ninety nine. Eighteen ninety nine, twenty. So the sixteen issues of but in Amazon. If you go on the store, ten pages per page. Yeah. <clears throat> That's like and who could three thousand worth of pages? Three thousand five hundred worth. I don't fancy three thousand seven hundred pages. <laughs> I probably. I might have to get that, Mike. Yeah. I, I will. Yeah. Have yeah. To, I will have to get. I've got it. a couple of issues of Demon, but I've not been trying to get hold of them. I only got to I only got to know it recently when yeah. they 
that that new 52 when mm. that started I collected yeah. some demon I really liked it I was like oh yeah I'm kind of liking this uh, yeah. I just love never knew it was a Kirby thing well. yeah well yeah. Kirby started it off well until um, I started frequenting you guys I started <laughs> learning but there's been various uh, many stories since uh, with lots of different artists yeah like the one I brought in uh, a couple is, months ago but this that, is the, that's the shit hmm. yeah yeah you're going to have a, a demographic novel, that's mm -hmm. the one you need to have. I like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, brilliant. <coughs> Close up. Mm. It's nice, it's just at the moment. Must be in an advert or something. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. We got into those half-page pages for a while. Very nice. That's a good one, right? Rhyming. Good, good, good one. Regan. I mentioned this one a while back. Jeffrey Brown. Lucy and Andy Neanderthal. Mm -hmm. Oh, is that that guy who did that? The Jedi. Oh, Star yeah. Wars. So I, I spotted this in the Forbidden Prices and thought, well, I'll, um, that looks interesting. Forbidden <laughs> Prices. It was actually quite cheap as well. In the bargain bucket. No, it was 9 99 so oh. I thought, actually, it's probably the price it is everywhere, but um, I had a wee flick through it and thought, that oh, looks quite interesting, yeah, light-hearted, um, Neanderthal family. And plus, um, I don't know if any of you guys remember Kumkum, which uh, was a Japanese anime uh, in, in Britain during the early 80s. Yeah. No, uh, Kumkum. Yeah, sometimes mispronounced Kumkum, which gave little <laughs> kids in trouble. No, yep. really dirty minds. Kumkum, Kumkum was actually... Uh, no, what they mean. How's it spelled? K-U-M-K-U-M. I have not a clue. It's easy to say K-U-M, isn't it? Yeah. It's spelled K. Well, it's spelled K-U-M, isn't it? I'm not a clue. What's the kids meant to say? I'm not a clue, not a clue. That's fucking easy. Come on. I thought that's why I asked what the spelling was. If it was ambiguous, then... Yeah, but that's like... Well, they had to they had to pronounce Kum Kum very... sort of. Broadly in the uh, in the cartoons, so no one would complain. But it was an overnight sensation in Britain because uh, the main character was a wee cave boy who uh, he had like a red sort of uh, skin, uh, furry skin uh, outfit. And at least once in every episode, he could be lying back, he could be sitting down. You lift his legs up, and you'd see a mini elephant impression. Which Japanese kids found funny, but British kids found just as hilarious, <sighs> and no one edited out. So if you look at some of the um, some of the stuff people have downloaded, there's one episode I've seen on YouTube, and I was like, oh yeah, he did what I think he did. <laughs> and then I looked it up on the uh, the anime encyclopedia, and yes, it turns out that they did that in every episode. But uh, I was kind of hoping that would be so. Uh... Yeah, flashes. Uh, School kids really uh, found that funny. But um, one of the wee things about this is uh, at the end of each chapter, um, you'll see like they give little bits of evidence uh, um, as to how the Neanderthals lived and why we think they, they lived like that. So uh, let's see if I can find um, a wee bit. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of modern day paleontologists that are talking about what we've seen in the previous chapter. So it's a bit like uh, Mysterious Cities of Gold when you see an episode and then at the very end of it there's like two minutes talking about 
the reality of it. Mm. Which I found really nice. Uh, so there they are discussing the like cave painting and um, and some of the bones and fossils they find. And I thought it's a, it's a nice uh, sort of light-hearted uh, look at Neanderthals, which in reality probably didn't really live that glorious lives. But like um, that Jeffrey Brown. Yeah, he's got a good style to him. Mm. It's funny as well. Yeah, but now we know that they they didn't mingle, didn't they? Because we got like. 10 15 percent, aren't we? DNA that's the I don't know if you, if you watch the if you see the the Millwall spectators, you might sort of um, <laughs> think it's higher. Well, they might have had a concentration down there, just like in the northeast in Newcastle, there's a higher concentration that's of Viking right. DNA. Oh, I thought you were going to say Nubian because uh, no, Viking DNA, yeah. there's might be a, a higher there's, rate of Neanderthal down there's a, there. There's a higher Neanderthal. rate of Nubian, uh, uh, Sudanese, what would now be Sudanese DNA in Northumbria and Cumbria because the Romans had two of their fortresses guarded by Nubian soldiers. Just like how you see uh, the, the really tall guy in uh, uh, Gladiator. Um, so they had they, they were renowned for their fighting, so uh, feels, they brought them over. It feels funny with the changes. <clears throat> Oh yeah, they look mm -hmm. all, they're all neat. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's something he intended, but it, it makes it look a wee bit different. Probably also because feels a bit funny. Um, Neanderthal, you're not expecting it to be like uh, Cheers. Yeah, uh, you're not expecting it to be like pristine. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe they're they're also uh, much more recycled than uh, a lot of the paper we we also get. Yeah, but it's not I think I think it's really just made to to show it's it like just yeah. throwing me a little when I was flicking through it because it feels yeah. like Skip it's got tabs or you yeah. I think that's probably meant to be like that though because yeah. yeah. There's a sequel to this. Yeah, I know. I was just just reading that there. Certainly, Ice Age. It came out. Oh, well, winter. Oh, it already came out. Um, I saw it. I saw it on. Uh, I think it was your um, big uh, catalogue you brought in. The previous. Yeah. Mm. I'm sure I saw it in there advertised. Um, I've got one Tom might not like. Oh, yeah. But, um... I'll get a Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's have a look at that. This is... Uh, oh, I yeah. absolutely enjoyed this so much. Yeah. Granville. That this is, is the fifth one. I, got, I bought this before Christmas. And this is the first time I've seen this. Um, Tom can look uh, at this... Uh, you won't see any uh, pictures, um, but this is the first time I've ever seen anything like this. This is a uh, anti-spoiler seal. Basically, it looks like someone's cut up a black bin bag and put a wee sticker on there. So the last uh, thirty or so pages are sealed up. So I just I just slid them out when I was reading and read over it. Right. And the amount of spoilers that could ruin the story if you actually just randomly flick through there. <laughs> it's right. no wonder uh, Talbot decided to seal all this up. Oh, that's that's uh, cool, isn't it? The artwork's brilliant. Uh, that's Black Tab, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, however you say Black Tab? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's how you call it. So, it's, it's like the ultimate cameo, that the character that's got so much in common with them, and he's popped him in there. And that, there's a new character, Hawksmoor, who I think is brilliant. He's a parody on uh, Sherlock Holmes. He's the guy that taught uh, Granville, uh, LeBrock, everything he knows about being a detective. Am I just thinking it wrong, or is, is this bigger <coughs> than the ones that he's done before? I think it's bigger. 
because uh, so four, he has more pages, yeah. yeah, four things seem to happen to him than uh, that. Oh, no, no, that's, that's wrong. No, but it just looks horrible. Yeah. That that's, a, that's the main villain. He's a T Rex. Ah, what a lovely book, though. Mm. So I, I had such a fun time reading that book. Um, Let's put it back in the, uh, in the it, it was so no, good reading that, and uh, <laughs> I hope he does a sixth so one. Yes. In fact, I'd like a spin off of. Uh, of the uh, Hawksmoor, Detective Hawksmoor, oh, really? that would be, that would be good. Oh, why don't you write to him and let him know? I'm very Quite tempted tweet him or something. Yeah. He might be on Twitter. He's a stalwart. Yeah. I don't know if he is on Twitter. Ah. You can search and find out. I bet he's not enough to receive a letter. Yeah. She's on Facebook. Who? Mary Talbot. Was that his missus? Yeah. Mm. She likes comics as well. Oh yeah, yeah. What yeah. they did together? Yeah. But the humour in there is brilliant, and uh, what, what did they do together again? They did the they did stuff for Jack as well. Yeah. I've got that as yeah. well, but I haven't read it yet. Did he do somebody's daughter or something as well? Uh, there's another writer of stuff for Jack as well. So that was the title, of one of them. Yeah. Daughter's eyes or something like that. Oh, in her father's, father's eyes, eyes or something like that. Something like that. Father of the daughter's eyes. Yeah, something like that. So it's mixed up. That's oh, the daughter, daughter in my father's eyes, or something, something like that. Yeah. We're getting a bit closer. Yeah, we're getting closer now. Yeah. Now, was that, I thought that was about him. I thought that was his daughter's telling of how he, that how she thought he saw her. No, I can't remember. No, I, remember. I think it was linked to a historical. Anyway, that's that's my swag. Oh, and plus a uh, spitting image as well, which is uh, like uh, 25 years or so uh, in the making. <laughs> in fact, you'll learn a lot more about uh, politics in the late 80s from reading that graphic novel than you, what you will yeah. uh, reading any of the textbooks. Oh, and that's a parody same, on Tintin there. Same, uh, same goes for Yes Minister. Yes. Yeah. You learn all politics you need to know from Yes Minister rather than... Four years in a politics degree. Oh, here's my. Oh, go on. This was my. He told you so. Comics is art. This is the the history of fantagraphics from starting up in the 70s and then right up to today. And I said, I've got got so far on it. It's really interesting. It's like one of these, you know, the histories. Oral histories, mm-hmm. so it's everybody involved talking about it all the way through, and it's full of hard work. The comics and the comics journal. What's the title? What's the significance of the title? Just that they were in the seventies, really pushing that comics were up when everybody else was pushing ah, right, comics right. crap. In fact, reading this, you really see what hiding they were on in in the seventies because they were. Trying to tell everybody that comics were art, and then they were like, "Well, prove it." And they didn't actually have examples of the kind of comics they thought comics could be because they didn't exist yet. They had to go and start publishing them, like little rockets and things. Oh right, yeah. Oh yeah, they would have been in in Europe though. Well, not really. No. Not at that time. No, no, no. The figures they were specifically that come in until the eighties. Yeah, so it's really, really good. 
really interesting and quite inspiring as well. So it's all the early days of them working in other jobs and using all the printing facilities to make their magazines and all that after hours, all that kind of stuff, you know. Can you relate Lots to that? Yeah, yeah, a bit, yeah. No, not now, of course, Shh. but back in the day. Yeah. I actually got to a point and I was like starting a new job and I thought, I can't start this job and carry on like this. I mean, this is getting sacked stuff, you know. Running off massive, well, not even massive print runs. I mean, if you think of like a comic with 24 pages, yeah. every, every, it's, you know, it's, you yeah, know, it's, hundreds, you yeah, know, yeah. you can print it off a few. So this is a terrific book. Really enjoying it. Lawsuit Hell. There's a big chapter in here about them get getting on board with Kirby Watton's his artwork back from Marvel and how because they were really instigators in that. Right. But the comics I think it, for decades up to the seventies when guys had problems in the comics world with their bosses, well they just had to shut up and piss off. Yeah. But then when like the comics journal started, Dave started interviewing Jack Kirby and Neil, Neil Adams was Neil Adams took it out one of the Big voices. And at that time, we tried to help the artists and always say, well, you know, it's actually our art, our work, we should be, we are the owners, not yeah. you. You own the character, you publish it, but the actual art, how it's printed in the paper, mm -hmm. that's the yeah. artist. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is their, their handcraft. So, that, and, and, and so yeah. That was, that was my big Christmas party. Nice. Well, that, was really nice that was my big That was my I remember seeing that solicitor <coughs> in 2007. Oh, no, I never seen it. It was, it was that cover and everything. It was ready to go, but then it got held up and it didn't come out until last year. No, I never seen it. Nine years later. Like 10. ten. ten yeah, because <coughs> it was meant to be the 30th anniversary book, and it's ended up being the 40th anniversary book. And Kim Thompson, he's died in the interim, so he's in it a lot talking, but he's passed on <coughs> like four or five years ago. Yeah. yeah. I did I you know, fabric graphics meant a lot to me. You made um, that where you are, where that yellow. Yeah, that's as far as I've got. There's loads in it. it. Yeah, I've been reading it for hours. Yeah, I mean, over it's the Christmas, uh, I was sitting like reading it for hours. I mean, you know, you, bed, you know, some pages, yeah, you might get Is a lot it? of images, but that one's dense with writing. That's like, yeah. There's loads of information. That's very, very good. And there's new comics in it as well. It's really interesting. through it. Yeah, so that's... That was it, comics-wise. But that's quite enough to be getting on with. Yeah, well, indeed. That's, that's, a, a, fantastic, that's a fantastic book. It's, it's typical Fantagraphics kind of title as well. We told you so. Yeah. That's your attitude, you know. It's amazing. Though. We told you. That's it. So. <laughs> is that, is that yeah. a, a Clive's cover? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who is that? Is that just the three guys that started up Fantagraphics? Well, one of them is Kim Thompson. Yeah, yeah. Kim Thompson, yeah, Gary yeah. Groth, oh. Mike Cartron. Yeah, it's got those opening comics and then it's into the, the history. And they they're, they were going so young. You know, Gary Groth was making fanzines and everything as a like young kid. And he's just kept going ever since. So like, he was publishing <laughs> stuff in the late 60s. Yeah, he's, cool. his first stuff was being a Marvel fan yeah. at the, in the sixties <coughs> when they were doing all that stuff, like when they brought out yeah, the sort of set stories. Yeah, so they, uh, what was it, nineteen fifty four to nineteen seventy six? So that's like them all being kids and growing up, mm. being in well. He's, he's even dated this one, sixty eight, when he drew that. Yeah, 
The fantastic the family. He talks about Salva Seva lived quite like in his area. So he went up to his house oh. and like, you know, and interviewed him and put it in his fanzine and everything. Really? Oh, fucking hell, you'd have loved to have got that in there, you fancy. fanzine. Yeah, absolutely. Jesus. Didn't even know that book existed. <coughs> yeah. That's a really cool book. Yeah. Nice. Really, really nice. I wonder what we'll get it finished before next Christmas. You've you done quite well so far. Mm. Yeah. Ah, spotted some Frank Frazetta picture. Yeah, he's in it. They had a convention yep. and yeah. it was a king. And he gave, they gave him some award or something, and they said in the caption, something like, you need to be award right now over in the head or something. <laughs> But it's, it's guys totally committed to doing this magazine, you know. They go to work <coughs> in the day and then come home and start on the magazine and then work to like three, four in the morning, you know, and then get on the way. And, yeah. and they did that for years and years. I just spotted a pitch and I was going to say, either that's an absolute rip-off of Han Solo or Han Solo was ripped off of this character and then I spotted all the supporting characters right yeah. behind and thought, ah, it is Han Solo. It is Star Wars, yeah. It's Star Wars, yeah. No, it was, see these kind of like early comics journals, number 37 mm. and all that. I I started reading it in like the late 80s. So they, and they always had adverts for these, you know, old ones. Mm. But, you know, I wasn't going to buy them. <laughs> but then when they invented eBay, I was on there like a shot. And, and you were getting them for like, you know, two quid each and all that. And oh, so have you got a lot? I've got one. Is it good then? What are they? Just reviews of comics? No, they're not just reviews. There's reviews, but there's loads of articles. Right. There's and great interviews. From like a fan's, a reader's perspective. <coughs> Gary, the, the fan graphics in the comics journal always had a high, very high standard of comics as art. So they, they, they never even... What I liked about the journal back in the 80s was they were never like, hey, comics aren't just for kids, blah, blah, blah. You know, they were done with that. That was assumed. You know, they were never fighting that comics could were worthwhile. They were like turning to Frank Miller and going, okay, this dark makes, you know, there's got a lot of problems with us. You know, in him it was great, you know. People just got so excited because there was so little there. Right. And, they were, and they were like, well, calm down, it's not that. You know? I remember right. Gary grew up talking to Neil Gaiman and it was like, they brought a watchman, you know. I can't remember the context of anything, so I shouldn't really say it, but it was like Neil Gaiman saying, you know, oh, well, you know, it's it's literature, you know. Gary Ross was like, hang on a second, do you, what, you think Watchmen's literature, great literature? And you can sort of feel Neil Gaiman going, wait a minute, is it, you know? I mean, is it up there with right. Shakespeare? No, it just isn't, is it? Well. You know, so he's like, that's, that's yeah. what they're always aiming for at the, the journal. It's like... Right. Yeah, Watchmen's good, great, but then I get carried away. Yeah. It's no. Anyway, that's that's just my take on it. Right. But I kind of grew up on the comics journal, shaped a lot of how I think. Never heard of it. But a lot of them hate it. A lot of the. Right. A lot of the. I mean, like Jim Shooter, Marvel, and all that. I mean, they didn't want yeah. to be told it's everyone right. they're doing is complete. Comic. Well, no, of course not. You know. Of course not. Well, it was good to have. Oh, yeah. a voice mm-hmm. in the industry yeah. by fans that was critical that was critical that would go and say well, wait a second this don't believe you're on hype because this actually what examples of stuff did they get excited about if they did get excited about anything well, the, that wasn't 
on fan graphics. Back then, they were always they would be pushing like Will Eisner, right? Like that. Carol Barks or the Duck stuff, you know. Carol Barks from yeah, the, the yeah. all the Walt Disney, Donald Duck, Donald Duck comics, and I mean, they're, they're uh, Scrooge McDuck. In Italy, they were printed yeah. uh, uh, the magazine Topolino. Yeah. And in Spain, we had the magazine Don Mickey. But they had Carl Bax was one of the, the main artists. Right. And those comics are actually really, really good. Both? Um, yeah. Robert Crumb. They were interested in. Well, eventually they published them. Mm. And so then Roy went into the, the likes of. <laughs> Femal soul world. That sounds like a whole. I would imagine niche. Richard Corbin and mm-hmm. Ken Thompson was always Peter Bags stuff. So he was. He would have like. There would be issues about like energy and stuff. Yeah. I, th- I, bl- I think that. I'm talking about heavy metal and well, yeah. metal and yeah. the original. Mm. Talking about how like just like relevance. <laughs> or, like, would you like some pieces? <laughs> I always got the impression that. <laughs> Tennyson and all that never had the same impact in America, but like we just know it, right? Yeah, we just pretty much grew up with it. I, I kind yeah. of got the impression that they were introducing it to the readers in part. Well, they didn't have that. In America, they didn't know it so No, much. no, so in Europe. Europe has always been well known, but in the States, no. they didn't need to. Well, they had their own comics, so yeah. it's like, well, you know, we do our own thing. And and I think that's, that's an, from the historical point of view and cultural point of view, that's uh, quite interesting because you see how the development of comic books in the United States, mostly based on the superhero, starting in the 40s with well, the first one. wasn't the first one, but yes. the main one, Superman, action comics number one. And Superman appeared there. And that was, he opened the Pandora box for superheroes. Mm-hmm. And since then, till very recently, it's still the dominating voice in the comic book general market. That's just but, but in Europe, that wasn't the case. Yeah. Because yeah. in mm. Europe we had yeah, Western, mm. we had historical comics, you had adventures, you had... Then later, on, later in the 40s, you had fantasy. And the thing about America as well is you have to remember that before superheroes, you also had detectives and you had a science fiction because the fast Gordon comic strips mm. by Ryman they are amazing Prince Valiant has another fantastic yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, comics way 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 ahead of this time in the graphic point of view you're talking about superheroes uh, that, that cover there looks quite uh, Death of the Superheroes yeah Death of the Superheroes yeah it's like they're so all... it would be quite interesting to look historically and see how... I've, I've always wondered <coughs> if Americans had such things as like annuals. Like, you know how we had things like mm. so, so for girls, something, something for yeah. boys, and it was like a mixture of different stories, like all different genres in one book. I wonder yeah. if Americans really had that. I think that's no, maybe what helped so. in that respect yeah. as well, because those things were so widely available. Yeah with so many different genres within one book that you yeah. weren't you yes. weren't tied to just superheroes yeah. or just and also they were a Christmas gift. Yeah, yeah. Was anybody. A, yeah, it was a standard sort so, of thing. But I think magazines 
with different yeah. comics stories and artists, mm. they would be more predominant <clears throat> in Europe than the United States. Mm. Yeah. Like looking yeah. at it, uh, and fast forward, they had their comic sections. Yeah. And and anthological comic magazines as well, like in France, uh, Pilot, uh, mm-hmm. or uh, in Spain, there were several. Comic magazines like Tio Vivo or okay, okay. Super Mortadelo, yeah. where they had comic strips of different artists, mm-hmm. of different characters that appear there. And they were published there. Well, it's true though. It's no, it's the name Mortadelo. Mortadelo. Yeah, it's a Mortadela, yeah. It's a cure meat. <laughs> Mortadela. So, yeah, that's but that's, yeah, that's interesting because <laughs> you, you find that in no, Italy, you find that in Spain, you find that in France, so you find that in Britain. But these type of magazines, I don't think they've really been that big in the States, if they ever existed. Mm. Mm. Kind of anthological magazine where you have (coughs) different things. I mean, here there's perfect examples on different, I mean, we can put the example of 2000 AD when it came out. Mm. It was an anthological magazine, science fiction. There was nothing like it previously. And you had different artists, different stories, you know, going on there. So it wasn't just for kids, there were a lot of things available. Mm. 2000 AD annual, 1982. <laughs> or that, that Marvel omnibus <coughs> that I got. That was, uh, I know, so oh, even with the Marvel yes. ones, it's Marvel UK that would publish them. They, they weren't published in, in the States, so. That's right. Yeah. Well, that was the sort of mid late 80s, that one, wasn't it? Yep. Is that like that one I've got? That one that you said I was that one that I'm Do you know, I'm kind of, I keep thinking about that all the time, that connection you've got. They used to just get the weeklies and kind of glue them all together into a book. Right. See, every so often I think about the fact you've got that and I just want it. (laughs) I was thinking about it today. Really? I I was serious. I was was putting a wash in a way. Really? I thought about (laughs) well, those are all like the the co- the covers kind of beat up cardboard cover. Yeah, but you get into the comics inside; they're all like practically brand new. I remember there being lots of yeah, or maybe not lots of stuff like that. Yeah, and I remember being able to them. come across stuff like that at like. Dentists and right. doctors waiting rooms. I've only ever seen them online. Magazines and stuff like that. really interesting. And then you said you had one. And they were very popular in Spain. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think. Kind of and number it was the the distributors would get the magazines and then just make a cardboard cover, put them the, and then distribute it again. Yeah. Rather than throw them out, they said, "Well, they've already been printed. They've been returned. They haven't been sold. Let's put them together." And put in a cheaper price of you go. But at least in Spain, they were put in order. You have right, number yeah. one, two, three, four, five. Because yeah, I've read about them. And Did they just literally... Yeah, they had a set of those cardboard covers to hold them. And then they would just pick up bunches of, like, ten issues random and stick them in. That's why you had the sum in there. They weren't even in the right order. And there was, there was like, oh, Star Wars... Spider-Man. I must have read that as a kid and gone, what's going on here? Yeah, because they... Yeah, but it's, the fact that it's just complete issues stuck in a book yeah. for you, yeah. bound. Yeah. That, oh, I, I used to love them. eBay and get one of them, because you must have brought that in a year ago or something, in here. 
Last um, year anyway. And I keep yeah. thinking about it. <laughs> oh, we, I might have brought it in for we, when we did one British. Of the or one of the British comics. Yeah, because I wanted to see it. Yeah. And I've never stopped being... Because there's some of that Kirby in there, yeah. Because there was some... Because there was some... It's like late 70s fantastic Marvel UK. Like there was something there. I had the individual issues of X-Men, which were the British yes. ones, which were Kirby. Great. I can't wait for it to get to the... When I started reading the stuff. Yeah. See, something yeah. like that for me is... It'd all be new for me. Yeah. Oh, there's I, loads of this. Everything would be like... I've not heard that. Uh, yeah. I'd need another lifetime to probably read everything that they put out. Wouldn't I? <laughs> Fantagraphics. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you would. Yeah. So Fantagraphics are, are unreal though. And they're just they're, they're just continuing. Do you know what's terrifying? Their their um submissions thing on, on their website, if you ever read it. It's very welcoming, you know. And their thing is always we are we're Fantagraphics, we publish the best cartoonists in the world. And they just say it like that, and it's yeah. like that's a bit over the top, isn't it? And then, and then it's like you know Robert Crumb, Chris Ware, Charles Schultz, you know yeah. Daniel Clubs. It's all the best guys in the world. Yes. And then they'll say like you know if you uh, if you want to send submissions and then and get published, please we want to see your comics. Send them in. We publish it. It's all these names. If you think your work can stand alongside theirs, please send it in. And you're like, holy shit! I'm gonna wait another lifetime. <laughs> It's you not know. like, yeah, you, you have a look what you have. No, no, it's if you think yeah. your work can stand this is with that list of names, yeah. send it. <laughs> <laughs> like, if it was a dare, you it's know? Like, yeah, lots Come of on. Send <laughs> oh, well, yeah. If we don't like it, we'll just wipe our asses with it. Don't worry <laughs> yeah, about it. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, so, no, uh, that's just my opinion. They actually so, bought. I'm not speaking on behalf of Fantagraphics. Let me clear. Let me just make I'm it sure very clear right now. Fantagraphics, we love you. Yes. <laughs> I would love to have some books from you. Thank but you very obviously, much. Obviously, they need to have. But I can see the point with this. Saying you need to have. Yeah. In order to keep the, the quality, they say, wait yeah. a second, we are the best. Yeah. In order to be the best, that's what you have to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't oh. go around the bridges. Yeah, be nicey, nicey. No, they say, actually, yeah, but no, it doesn't don't catch send it. it. They're saying, this is what we send publish. Send it. If you think it's, it, you go. If you think it's as good as that, we publish. If not, well. Here, make it as stringent as possible because if yeah. you do actually get to that high caliber, then you deserve to be published. Well, well, why well, should. Why should they lower their standards? Yeah, no, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. No, never lower the standards. Well, exactly. You're just trying to make shit. They want excellence. Mm-hmm. What so. I learned reading this was that they published Joe Sarko as well. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't know was he was a staffer. He worked in the office. Oh, I didn't know was that. doing comics on the side. Oh, yeah, I read that. Yeah, yeah I read that. 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 Oh, yeah, they, they actually publish so many great people. I forget half of the people they publish. You know, Love and Rockets as well, of course. Mm-hmm. That's like a flagship book. <laughs> they, put up, they put up something the other day. There's one of their one of their public public uh, one of their published works has been uh, 
Some of the TV show recently, the British TV show. Yeah, yeah. The, the end of the, the fucking end world. Of the fucking world, yeah. And they put up a thing the other day that just said, if you haven't read the book that goes with the TV series, where the fuck have you been? Yeah, <laughs> and then put up a URL to like buy it from the shop. Like, yeah, yeah. Buy it now. Like, that's brilliant though. Like, most of these places be like, have you seen this? Like, Here's yeah. the accompanying book or whatever. They were just straight out like, why have you not read it? it? Have you read it? No, no. Yeah, I've read it. Yeah, he, he actually um, is very unusual because he just started making them in his house. Who? Uh, uh, Forsman, Charles Forsman, Chuck Forsman. And he um, he was just like, we many things, we tiny many things. And he would like, do one and then send it. And, and that's this was before Fantagraphics read it and published it. He'd done the whole 12 issue series as a wee thing, he just photocopied and stapled and sent to your house. He sent me all of them. <sighs> before it was on Fantagraphics, I saw a bit online, he was on some. I think you know that podcast, Comic Books Burning in Hell? Mm-hmm. That's a great podcast. It's um, a great title. Yeah, and, and they talked about this series and just said it was great. And I thought, well. You've got was. a series from someone <clears> that. You've got this comic series that has been made in the TV program. Yeah, the timeline is about four or five years ago. Right. This comic book Burning in Hell podcast talked about this mini that was going out that this guy was sending out. Like you sent him like a dollar, and he sent you the latest issue. Right. And so you did that. I, I did that. about this before. I'm not sure. I might have done. And then no, he, it, right? and then he sent them to me, and I read it and thought it was good. And then a year or two later, one that was finished. Fantagraphics brought out the book, and then oh. the book was out there, and then they've made the TV show. Channel Four made it, didn't they? Yeah. Is it not on? It's a comic book. It's just went to Netflix. Yeah, in the last yeah, couple it's good. yeah, that's good. It's it's it, but what's interesting is it really is a mini. It's a guy with like <laughs> you can tell it's a guy with like one pen and he's sat and <laughs> you know it's simple drawings. You know mm. it's not over the top. It's just telling the story. I'll bring them in. Mm. Uh, what was really good was. You'd see <coughs> I, I sent it. sound like it can stand up to Robert Crumb and the other lot that you. Well, that's a fantastic graphic. And they decided it could. Fair play. And, and whenever they publish things, they let the author, they're not like Marvel they return the rights and stuff. Yeah. We own it then. They, they publish it once, and then, but they still own it. So when it goes to TV, you know, fantastic graphics sound like. Milk in it, the cat milk. No, they, the, they could bring it another edition, yeah. put a sticker on it, and have a TV show, send it that tweet. That's classic, isn't it? It was so good. Yeah. It was brilliant because it's, it totally grabbed my attention as well. I'm sitting looking at it going, all right, fuck. That's a good one. The end of the fucking world. Good title. It is a good title. That's what I thought when I seen the thing. The guy that's in it, the boy that's in it, he was in one of the best episodes of the the third season of Black Mirror. <coughs> I watched it and yeah, it was one of the best episodes. I can't say anything on it because Black Mirror just you say anything on Black Mirror, you it ruins it straight away. So yeah, I can't say anything. You just have to watch it. Okay. Well, the same the pig one. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. The first, the first episode of the first series. They're all like they're all totally different. So yeah. It's kind of like just like an hour and a half film, effectively within a mm-hmm. or an hour or whatever. But, but there's links. Um, kind of yeah. There's things there's, in the background. Yeah, things yeah. mentioned that uh, are referred to. Yeah, other things. Okay. The main thing that would draw me to it is yeah, yeah. that it's 
what's his face? Charlie Brigger. Yeah. 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 Charlie Brigger is good. 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 He's better than Norb at times. <gasps> oh, yes. Come on. At the end, no. He's a big headed swine. But yeah, that's that's what he's a dick in the own way. I like, I like his commentary and stuff. So. He's what? But all dicks. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I like his commentary on stuff. Too. Like his books were good. But like TV nation. Yeah, yeah. Screen bomb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, he was like a cut again. Yeah. That's how we. That's how we got came to know of him. That book, screen bomb. Hey, he's <laughs> leaving it till last. I went for Christmas. Mm. Uh, I got volume eleven, twelve, thirteen, and fourteen from uh, Valerian. Uh, so, Ghost mm. of Inverloch, mm. The Wrath of Hypsis, On the Ooh, Frontiers, good. Yep. Good oh. and The Living Weapons. Mm-hmm. So, we've talked about Valerian. Yeah. Is this yeah. when it started to take a turn art-wise? Yeah. Started to look a bit more upskilled. Web- it's, it's slightly. It's slightly. Or did that happen before then? Um, in this, the story now is they are this point in the story they are in Earth now right. and they are, are not able to travel back to the future. Oh. Um, so this now and from this point of the story is it, is a a longer story arc. Each book has their own story as well, but now it's following a longer story arc. The first volumes, you know, you could read each album on its own. But I think it's from about say, nine, around about nine, book nine, book ten. That's when gets and a longer story arc there. So yeah, yeah. This, this, is, this is when I remember where it started to change. Yeah, and the artist is starting to get. It's just a bit more detailed. More detail. It's slightly finer pencil, neater in some cases. Valerian himself looks more sort of built and big yeah. and. It's co- it's living it's living the caricature like, and going towards yeah. more of a more it's trying to be more serious mm-hmm. in the style science fiction. Yeah, but they probably have something like this, or would you only get it from like a bookshop or order? Something like for better one or have the the combined volumes. They, they, they might have the combined volumes, mm-hmm. the hard books. Oh, they would have like sure. three or four. So where would you get one. something like this? These individual. Ah, right. But but you also like the book people what are these sometimes the biggest Hive persons Hive books I don't know what size there's another like bookseller online yeah or I can try it you can get uh, it delivered to um, you can get it delivered to a local bookshop as well oh right okay the first so one I got was from a bookshop in Edinburgh uh, you know where Grey Farrell's oh, Bobby right. is uh, uh, near the museum, I forget, it's a candle, is it Candle Maker's Lane or something like that. If you find Greyfriars Bobby's statue, it goes mm-hmm. down and there's a sort of new age shop that sells like graphic novels uh, that you don't normally see. Um, it's a science, it's a science fiction, science fiction bookshop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. it's got novels, uh, uh, science fiction novels. It's got interesting things like, it's where I got a, a cuddly toy sloth for my mum for her birthday once. Are you talking about Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Ah, so, in Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah. no, Edinburgh. Oh, well, so I got that for Christmas. Your whole house. house. And then, stop oh, sorry. <laughs> and then on the sale, uh, I was visiting Edinburgh and 
Oh, we were meeting some friends in the Ocean Terminal shopping center. So I visited H&B, which they have a, a really big selection of graphic novels of all types. And I found How Comics Work by Dave Gibbons and Tim Pilcher. Uh, reduce half price. It was eight pounds. I thought, yeah, it's a really oh, nice yes, book actually. for that price. And it's really nice. Uh, plenty of um, illustrations uh, by Dave Gibbons nice. from mm. different pages, art covers, uh, pencils. And well, essentially, they go through the process of the creation of a, of a comic. Yeah. Uh, from the idea, how do you how you gonna put the idea in pages from the script, from all the different points so of view. So you should read it when you write. <laughs> yes, I know. I mean, it's not like oh, this is you're this is still interested in the process and stuff. Yeah, like it. I mean, it's really good from the point of view of this is Dave Gibbons' look of things, you know, how he thinks is the way to do it. Mm. And, right. and it's very thorough. Yes, his way. And it's, and it's very thorough. Right. And, it, and he reflects, I mean, he's talking about his experiences from when he started to, to now, and he's a, you know, a huge professional in the, in the media. But, you know, he's talking about his influence, he's talking about mistakes that he did when he was younger, you know, he's talking about, you know, experiences that he got with different writers, how I was working with for certain companies, how working in certain projects, you know. So it is, and it's all. It's a nice, it's a really nice book. But I think if you like it, Kiddos, I mean, you will love that book. You will love that book. I didn't know he'd done like actual, um, like analytical looks at comics kind of thing, you know what I mean? I, I didn't know you'd actually done Well, this is pretty recent, this book in particular. Right. It came out uh, last year, as far as I'm aware. It's a nice edition as well. It's a yeah. nice size of book, you know, the, 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 pages, the size of the book is sufficiently big to do so you can enjoy the, the app that he's talking about. It's nice. Yeah. Really nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's quite comfortable to still hold on to for the size and actually show So very enjoyable. The one he did about yeah. the sportsmen was good as well. Yes, I have that one with the chip the design, the covers, yeah. Ooh, I have that I as well. Stuff in it. I bought that one a few years ago. Yeah, of course. But yeah, it's a... If you like Dave Gibbons, this book is a must. If you are interested in one of the top comic book creators, in the last decades, certainly in Britain and yeah. also in the United States and in Europe, um, and you're interested in the process of creation of comics, certainly I think it's well worth mm -hmm. to have a read at this book and have a look at it. That's nice. uh, and it certainly give you his point of view. Of, and it's, it's very clear, you know, it, it doesn't patronize you in any way, you know, it tells you essentially this is the way I do it, yeah. this is mm -hmm. how I learned to do it. Uh, there are many other ways. It doesn't say that that's the the, the way, but it certainly that's his way to do it. And so yeah, it's well worth a read that book. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> I like these books when they come out. They talk about the process of creating comics oh, and that's, that's super fun oh. story. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. one of the best. That's oh, nice. 
Sorry, man. Yeah. Did, um, is anybody, have you read the originals? A, yes. yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes, I read the originals. I didn't like it in particular, but it's more the theme. It looked great. It, yeah, they look it really good, but the, the, the theme itself is about uh, the mods and motorcycles and... You know, there was a Dead Enders series. Yeah, yeah. I've got a few of them. It was like the same idea. And then, this is no something I got Christmas, I got that before, Woo! but I brought this <laughs> because there was also a mention of... Um, the best comics that we've read this year, yeah, yeah, yeah the year yeah. past. Yeah. So I've you can rattle them off if you want. I've I'm gonna say this one in particular. I purchased that a few months ago. Uh, Jack Kirby, uh, Mister Miracle. It's a wonderful book. It has all the Mister Miracle comics uh, created by Jack Kirby, mm -hmm. and just it one book. Um, about the same size as the demon. Yeah, it seems like he's got the kind of lifespan of predetermined lifespan of like Jose yeah. Mourinho, so. being in a certain <laughs> amount of time, and that's him done at a club. That same sixteen issues and done. Yeah, this one, Two I think it's about it's eighteen issues together. Issue. And this one, it's a wonderful, very very enjoyable book. It's beautiful. Oh. I'm gonna pass it around, and it's. I mean, this is what Mike said earlier on. You know, There's should, all the covers, the double picks, the splash covers. You know, there's, there's, you know, it's not holding back <laughs> for any detail. It's just Jack Kirby, so good, to the base, unleash. It's one of the absolute greats of course. Oh, that that one and the and the demon. I, yeah, I don't think I've ever read it. Oh, so good to read. This is one of the books. That's that how it starts. Yeah. So Mr. Miracle, Super Scare Artist. Yeah. So that's the that's one of the books that DC oh, brought out last year yeah, to commemorate Jack Kirby's 100th anniversary. Now I have to mention something because they were bringing out uh, a big massive omnibus, mm. the Fourth World. Yeah. Well, yes, it's out. Mistakes. Oh yeah, nearly all. There's a fopa. Yeah. They have repeat a page, and they have forgotten one page. <gasps> oh, I'm glad I didn't buy it. So there's no been, as far as I'm aware, official confirmation from DC that they will reprint it or exchange it. Really? So just to make you aware, if by any chance you're going to go and buy it or you see it really cheap, be aware that there is that fault um, in the edition. Never realised that was his tagline, Mr. Rick, the super escape artist. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So is he just a regular person? Ish. What? He's not a regular person. Right, at the start, they just seem like an old fellow who takes... He... Yeah. Unfolds. He... Yeah, you need to read it. He is... He is the son of... Uh, in the fourth wall, there are two beings. Oh, right. You have you that, that you know, that's <laughs> big one. So you have that side, and then you have uh, the how is it called the other one? Wow, well, yeah, father, it does look nice. The father, the grandfather is the high father. The high father, that's right. So you got that side and the high father, and there are some. There is a war, and they decide to do a truce. In order to keep the truce, they exchange their sons 
their children. Granny goodness. So Darkseid's son goes and is going to be brought up by the High Father. And High Father's sons is is given to Darkseid. He's going to be brought up by Darkseid. Darkseid's sons is Orion, and he becomes a hero. And the High Father's sons is a boy called Scott Free who has to endure a lifetime and all his teen years of uh, torture and oppression by uh, the forces of Darkseid and Granny Goodness, etc. And finally, he complies and true to his name, and he, because he's called Scott Free, and he escapes. Right. And then he becomes Mr. Miracle. Right. And he's the escape artist. And he's the best. And he gets married. And he gets married to Becky Barber. One of the Furies. So, yeah, as, um, so that's, a, that's an example of so, uh, Mr. Miracle. He is it's a positive true force. I mean, we mentioned that. Who was it? Yeah. I mentioned that. The, the last time. Yes. About Mr. Miracle. Because the they're not doing a Mr. Miracle now. They were saying it was the press. And yeah, yeah. So it, it was this guy, right, right, right. Yeah. Against right. the character. Like the complete it, opposite to yes. what... Right. It's not what Mr. Miracle is. Mr. Miracle is the, the true form of positivism of you can't escape, you can't do it, you you will do yeah. it. Marvel and DC. Right? And that's... Establishment mouthpiece. And then you see that in that in, in, well, the, in the story. And right. in a lot of ways, if you know a little bit of the story of Jack Kirby, his own story when he was young, because he he came from Eastern Europe, he was an immigrant, trying to live in New York, he was living in Brooklyn, you know. Yeah. It was a tough childhood, there was no money, you know. Then he became an artist, uh, then he went to the war, Second World War, then he came back, you know, he got to endure many, many things. And in a lot of ways, you know, you can see that reflected in, in Mr. Mm -hmm. Miracle's origin and story. Oh, right. right. But there's always, you know, he escapes, there's always the a fire. way, there's always a way, there's always, hope. there's always, yeah, hope. Even that's, in the that's in the nice, most in the most nice dire message. situations, because in each comic, Mister Miracle, what is normally appears either in the cover or one of the splash pages, is like, how is it gonna escape with this one? There's a big machine contraction, it's gonna or it's trapped or it's in chains or something like that. It's, just, well, it's always like it. a cliffhanger yeah. of some kind, and and he always manages to escape. Oh, I like that. And that's that's the thing about it. And it's 18 issues, and yeah, you don't need to go into hundreds. That's, that is Mr. Miracle. Cool. So, yeah. It's, I don't think it reminds me of who does he look like? Oh, don't know. That guy that was in with Revengers recently with Red Verse. Oh, Vision. Vision, yeah. Vision. Yeah, the Vision. uniform. Well, yeah, I suppose. There was a DC version called The Tornado. He looks like he oh, yeah. a similar costume to him. Red Tony. I only mm. got one book for Christmas, but I didn't bring it in. So I was gonna. Oh, that, yeah. Sorry, I just so, mentioned. All oh, right. All oh, right. So I was yeah. gonna because I was mentioning that as one of the best comics I read. Twenty seventeen. Of twenty seventeen, yeah. and I want to mention a few more things. Yeah, Barter's in the bath. 
Uh, oh, I want oh, to oh, mention oh. one that I read. Uh, it was wow, a, a digital scared. comic, which I mentioned here in one of the meetings, was Facts from Sarajevo yeah. by Joe Cooper. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, I listened to you explain that the other day uh -huh. when, we, when we were going over it. Yes. And see, hearing everybody listening to you speak about it, it's, you can you can really feel like how much went into the book in general, like the the, the sheer description and you know, all the work and, and all the the actual story itself and all the detail that you're going into it, you can really feel like how heavy oh, and emotional it's, it is. It's, a very, it's a very emotional story. Certainly yeah. it did touch me. I mean, what I, I really enjoyed it. I want and to I recommend it. to read it. So Yeah, definitely read it. And so definitely that's it's one of my favorite comments I've read, certainly last year, it has to, has to be mentioned. Mm. And I want to mention these two things as well. Um, one of them is a comic that has been published right now by Image called Seven to Eternity. It's written by Rick Remender and the artist by Jerome Opeña. And it's a fantasy uh, story, fantasy sort of science fiction, western, all kind of mix, mm -hmm. magic, and really interesting, uh, exquisite art. Um, I'm gonna bring the books next time. I can show you that. I'm really enjoying that. Mm -hmm. uh, well worth to to look into it. And the last thing I want to mention is uh, lately here in the UK we had through the news agents different different uh, collections of graphic novels being published and you were able to buy in hardcovers from Marvel from DC. 2000 and brought out last year the 2000 and graphic collection uh, and. I bought The Bad of Halo Jones by Alan Moore and Ian Gibson, which is only the first time I read, but I managed to get a copy finally, and I read it, and I still enjoy it and love it. So, yeah, I can say these are yeah, my four the... favorite comics I read this year, and I'm quite happy with this selection. Good. And one of them is something that's from like 30 four. years ago, isn't it? The, the Halo Jones one. Well, that, well. Well, that, that's, that, that's yeah. 40 years ago. 40 years, 40 years ago, because that's 71 to 74, I think. Uh, Halo Jones is like, uh, excuse me, it's coming back. Uh, yeah, 80s. I remember it in the comic. I remember looking at the drawing going, oh, this is... Facts from Sarajevo is uh, from the 90s. So, ah. so, yeah. So, you get all... And then Seven from Eternity is, is recent. It's, it's publishing its own just now, so, yeah. Yeah, that's like the current one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of decided that's it for and I'm happy with this. Bop. Bop. It's just bop. So that's me, sorry. No. <laughs> Excellent. Good. Good choice. Thank you. Very good. Very, very good. I got an Italian edition for Christmas. I got a beautiful oversized book like that. An, an Italian edition of a book called Portugal. Portugal. Portugal by Cyril Pedrosa. I'd never heard of him. No, you heard of him? No. It's like that thick and all. Cyril Pedrosa. But I'm looking forward to that and it's in Italian now. That's got to be. So you're assuming that he's a Portuguese artist? Yeah, I think the original was in Portuguese and then it's been 
Italian and English and stuff. I think the English ones sold out, but she she managed to get as an Italian. And the only other thing that I got that was comic related at Christmas, oh, my sister. Oh. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Although you're better off not using it because like it's like industrial waste. What? Like. <laughs> <laughs> but the packaging is lovely. Well, you yes. can see it with their powers depending on which one. The you packaging use. is lovely. It's nice. that's quite cute. I keep on getting stuff like that, and I never use it. I just keep no, it aside. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Sell it off. Um, Hulk moisturizer. Oh, oh, but oh. in an indirect way, over the oh, over the. What are you doing? Gremlins. Oh, nice. Christmas present. Nice. Sweet. Sorry to outstage you. Like your teeth. Was he called Spite? Stripe. Stripe. Because of the Mohican. Yes. I got an indirect Christmas present because there was a bookshop shut in, in Stoughtwell and I just happened to be going in for some, what see it? what they had. The one up, you know, the... Oh, Felbert Street. Was it closing? Yeah, yeah, that's shut now. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah, I got quite a few books, but I wasn't expecting any of these because I said they didn't have any comics or graphic novels, but I came across two Isnagoods hmm. that were underneath the pile. Isn't it good? Yeah. One of them. I wouldn't have known about it unless. Who was it that brought me? You did. You I, I brought in one of them. Is no good in uh, <gasps> women. Was the uh, name. This the one was uh, Rocket to <clears throat> Stardom or something. And the shop uh, actually closed now. Yeah, it's closed. And then I found a book called Umpapa, and that's by. The same guy, Gossini or Dezo, one of them too. Ompa hyphen pa. Ompa pa. You could tell from the style, I was like, all right, I'm having that. And then two Giles books. So I got like them for like a quid. Wow. I can't believe I missed out on that place. While I'm here, 2017 stuff. <coughs> the World of Edina, which was that Morbius oh, thing yeah, I brought, brought back that. from... Fantastic book. That was a beautiful book. It looked really nice. Epic. You know, from there to there, just brilliant. The Coming of Galactus. Oh! oh. 30, years oh. Too, 30 years too late or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Finally got around to it. Um, it's more now. Dilbert books I really enjoyed. Uh, the Providence series, the Alan Moore Providence. Yeah. But I only really enjoyed that thanks to them guys that did like an entire blog dedicated just to that series of Providence because they basically go through it with a comb and pick out all the references so that you're not reading going, that doesn't mean anything to me. Mm. But then with the notes, it's like, oh, right, they're making reference to this and that and so and uh, yeah, the Untitled Ep, I really enjoyed that as yeah. well from last year. Uh, I couldn't remember the full title, but is that... Is uh, untitled Apes, Epic Adventure. Epic Adventure, yeah. Um, and that's my lot. That's it. That's good. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Mm. Um, I've, I've, I've just realised I've not said any of mine for Christmas swag. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really have a lot. I only had one... Uh, which was crashed. They are from yeah. back there. Thanks to uh, David lending me it Excellent. a while back. Yeah. I uh, I still think about it daily. 
Um, that book. <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of bits in it that, okay, speaking about the US and how their sort of garbage system works, but it is, there is bits in it that are kind of reminiscent of things that are over here. Like, Oh, is it all about the garbage industry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, that, it's, it's, got, it's got little factoids in it, like full sort of right, right. and stuff about the garbage industry, uh, entwined with the story of a guy working on the bin lorries in America. Right. But there's a lot of bits in it. There's just like wee fragments and stuff in it that um, you can sort of pick up for the UK and stuff as well. I've, like, worked, I've worked on a bin lorry. I've worked oh, on a bit. Oh, okay. My dad was a wow. bin man. So that's I didn't how, do it so long. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I always took it. But it's when I go like down the riverside walk and I'm walking about it and I'm going, was this once just a landfill mm-hmm. and they've just covered it over? Mm-hmm. And I think it is. They, yeah, you yeah. see the wee pipes poking out yeah. and everything, yeah. And it isn't until I'm down there and I, I, well, until I saw this that exactly. I kind of realised it. Was that? Yeah. Right, it was past the airport. Mm. Oh it's right! Like nature. What is a little uh, methane outlet? Yeah, yeah. Mm. and just big, massive rolling hills that mm. shouldn't really be there. Yeah, and they're yeah. kind of like, where did this come from? It's you all rubbish, and it's right it's next rubbish. to a landfill as well. You know what I mean, mm. um, but I wouldn't have even, ever even thought about it had it not been for this. But this this whole book, it's art, it's story, everything. It's just fantastic. Um, big fan of there. So you you that's Santa for it. I did, yes. I very much specified so, this one book. So you were a good boy. So you were a good boy, was, huh? I was a good boy. <laughs> um, and I kind of cheated and took two other ones um, along as well because I got them just leading up to Christmas. Uh, so I thought I'd just speak about them. I got them myself. I never got them as presents, but it uh, was Wired Up Wrong by Rachel Smith. I funded her. Yeah, you want to read that? Um, I funded her Kickstarter and got this book. It's uh, it's all about all about mental health. Um, it's like little strips of her coping with mental health and how she interprets her mental health and whatnot. But there's like comic strips and there's uh, and there's uh, big single page ones and everything as as well. But I just after reading Artificial Flowers, I'm a big fan of Rachel Smith's art and work in general like it's just she's got a nice style to it she's got a good relatability in her, in her work even if uh, even if it's maybe even like a topic picture. that you can't relate to yeah, per se that's brilliant some of the stuff some of the stuff when I'm reading it I'm going that's kind of hitting home a bit too much right from before not now but like I've, I've kind of I've experienced some of what she's she's gone through and I'm kind of thinking like oh but it was I thought it was going to be just a, a, a narrative from start to finish, but it's not. It's strips, and then there's all the odd one that kind of ties in, like over a couple of pages or whatever. But it's really good, really, really good. Well, well worth a, well worth a read. I just I would read anything that she pop, pops out. I did Rachel's previous book. Well, you're, you're welcome to take it away, Nando, and have a read because I finished it now. So I can finish it. Yeah, sure. yeah. I can't. I cannot say no. <laughs> say no. <laughs> I will. Okay. Yeah. I'll read it. Rachel's. Rachel's. Oh, I know. Well, I've. It's got it. a bit on the Me Too as well, hasn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, that's. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. The hashtag thing that was going around Me Too mm-hmm. thing. Now, her story is pretty. That's him. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say. Uh, 
Her, her one that she's actually made the pages, you can see it there, she's made them green. So she's actually wrote at the start, if you feel like you might be affected Triggered. by this. No, she said affected, she's not said triggered, she's not used that word. Um, but, you know, when she's, she yeah, yeah. she's put, the pages are green, right. so you can just skip over it if you want. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's actually quite funny because it's something that, I heard happened. It happens at put it this way. It happens at school, and it's something that I've heard has happened like at school that I was at. So, um, and there was our Super American Adventure by Sarah Grayley mm. or Grally. I don't know. I think we're gonna say Grayley. Um, it's just them. Garfield eyes. Her and her, uh, her and her man going around America when they went over to. Uh, San Diego Comic Con. Oh. I think they visit like a couple of different places as well, like New York and whatnot as well. But it's just strips. It's just four panel strips, uh, the whole way through. But oh, like, that's it. They're pretty, uh, right, they're pretty right. funny. Just like the f- the first one, <laughs> pretty good in its own right. Uh, okay, so when we arrive in America, do we see we're there for business or pleasure? It's leisure, not pleasure. Pleasure's too saucy. <laughs> <laughs> Good yeah, it's a very good start. But it just it sort of starts as it means to go on, and there's wee sort of snapshots in between. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like New York, yeah, in the way that it's it's almost like a way of presenting their diary of their holidays, yeah, in a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but well worth a look. Definitely well worth a look. That was one that I pre-ordered just before Christmas, and it came sort of just at Christmas, mm-hmm. so, or just before. Yeah. But definitely well worth it. And I think I, these. These two and artificial flowers from Rachel, I'd say would be my, would be sort of uh, three of my two thousand. I love artificial flowers. Yeah, God, what I thought it was amazing. What a book! And really loved it. <coughs> but the, I would say they would be my two thousand seventeen picks as well. A lot of the Avery Held books and the yes, they were the good comics. The good comics and everything. Yeah, they were all in. in my that was actually a lot of the stuff that. New stuff I've had this year, the stuff we did for this. Yeah. Otherwise, I wasn't buying as much. Really reading, yeah. Stuff as, I brought a few things, but... It's funny, a lot of the stuff that I was reading for this this past year was for the group. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't out of, like, pleasure reading. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't doing it up and going back, I was sort of doing it because we were having the group. And yeah. I'm glad that I did. Because I wouldn't have read otherwise. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I wouldn't, wouldn't have been buying or anything. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, a lot of the Avery Hill and the, the good oh, comics. Oh, uh, Yeah, is that one of yours? Well, I didn't, I didn't bring it, but it's one I remember. Yeah, yeah quite a disaster. Yeah. yeah. And also the other one. What was it? Cheers. I forget the name of it. Uh, oh, oh, I can't remember. In the summer, uh, sugar. I can't remember what it was. I talked about. It's cold in the river at night. Yes. Um, yeah, that was. Um, <laughs> but you you have to reflect quite a lot on that one. I read yeah. that one as well. Yeah. Oh, making the coffee. And I the think you'd maybe gone by the time we talked about that last time. I've read it, but yeah. I, I wasn't here. I think I had to leave yeah. time wise. But um, yeah, Untitled Ape made it into mine as well. Yeah, that was good. That was amazing. Uh, also. Something City. I really enjoyed that. I made it in my, one of my talks for 2017. Uh, I just I, I 
got tickled by some of the stories. I thought they tied in really well. Mm-hmm. It was a really interesting, different look in the book. We've, already, we've, we've spoken about it before, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's definitely definitely a pick in speaking about the Avery Hill stuff. Beginner's Guide to Being Outside. Yeah, that was a, a resounding maybe yes and opened my eyes to open my eyes to what Joel Hatcher can yeah. do. Mm-hmm. So I've definitely become a, a big fast fan after after reading that. Much like much as like Rachel Smith, it was kinda of one of those things of you read a bit of it and it's like right, I need to see everything she's yeah, done there. It's just I mean, right. I need to see it all. That's yeah. something that I feel with. Um mm-hmm. what else? I've got Saw oh, yeah. by Rebecca Horner. Yeah. As well. That was just I thought that was absolutely stunning. Yeah. Visuals. I th- the story, there's not, there's, it's a short story mm-hmm. and it's sort of just one-liners yeah. across the pages, but it was something that was quite, it was quite it was emotional. Deep, yeah, it was, it was really emotional. Even though it's simply, in, yeah, as you say, one line on the page. Yeah, it's just really nice. It's deep, really <laughs> nicely done. It's a lot of stuff about the soul and whatnot. It's very unique, I think. Yeah, what Rebecca's just, work is oh, yeah. fantastic. Good colour work, yeah. Amazing characters, uh, just a great narrative in general. Really, really nice, and just a, a lot about like mm-hmm. missing family and whatnot. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was good. It really hit it really hit home when I read it. I didn't expect to be as as drawn in by it. I expected it to be something that would be really nice to look at, and kind of mm-hmm. just be like, oh yeah, it's great, nice piece of art. Yeah, but I ended up actually being really quite affected by it. Mm-hmm. So. That's yeah, it was always good. a nice surprise, eh? Yeah, it was worth a look. It's um, from a con somewhere. Yeah, uh, Rebecca's local, she's done oh. the local. Um, and we went to see Tom Gold. Yeah. Um, I haven't actually made my way through all of Baking with Kafka, but I enjoyed Tom Gold's strips throughout <laughs> the year. I've been reading a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, we read a lot of them on Twitter and Instagram and whatnot, but they're they're good just to yeah. <laughs> they just flicked it to that page as well, so there you go. <laughs> just watched it last week again. Um, yeah, it's uh, yes, it's a little it's really funny. Funny. Uh, for maybe ten years and yeah. talk dimension hearses. I drive past the fucking hearse right there. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? The Bader Meinhof. That's what that's called. Bader Meinhof. Oh, oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Uh, or Bader, Bader Meinhof. But just really nice, simple pieces. They're quite wordy, but they're, I think they're quite funny. They did a review of this on the Comics Tournament website recently. Uh-huh. And it wasn't altogether positive. No, I can imagine. And then they were discussing it underneath, and somebody went, uh, it's, it's cartoons for English majors. Yes. And I thought, actually, well, that sums up pretty well. Yeah, well, like... Because it's full of... It's all about... Literary references. Yeah, so, like, if you did English at uni... You'll, enjoy, you'll, you'll get some else. more yeah. out of it. I um, think so, yeah. Or if you're aware of these things. Anyway. I just enjoyed it on the basis of, like, strip with pun. Yeah. Like, that. I, I, that's where I connect to these things. I like just seeing a strip. Did they not like it? Pun. Cause so I can disconnect from maybe even the actual... Just internalising of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I can't remember the review, but they just weren't really impressed. I mean, if you're not into the idea of something, you're just not going to get on board either. Yeah. The talk that we read to see was very highbrow. It was a bit... Oh, is that that talk you went to? Yeah. Right. Mm. The literary festival. Well, the guy gave us a bit more language. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I remember he did say uh, something that was right at the start, which was something like... Oh, you know, they call you about comics, but I don't think it really is comics. It's, you know, it's literary criticism with pictures or something. Yeah. And I thought, come on, you cock, it's comics. Yeah. You know, whenever they start going, it's no comics, it's mm-hmm. something better than that. You go, oh, fuck you. <laughs> well, I was You know, if it's good, it can't be comics anymore. You know? I was happy I got it signed. Ah, right, I see what you mean. Comics, comics, graphic novels. That wasn't there, it's just oh, that nice. in that page. Oh, he's drew that oh lovely, look right. at that. Sweet for Tom. Yeah. That is lovely. See, that's what I like about this is. Yeah, where's my picture? Style, <laughs> yeah, and it's not anything to do with. Showing off, look how great I am. No, I missed that with a smiley face on me. It's a good style. Oh, I got an egg. I got an egg. I got an egg. I got a Fred egg. Yeah, I got a Fred egg. Can I draw? I like to draw. Yeah. Rebecca's in my book. She drew a page for me. So she did what? Yeah. 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 She drew a page from. Wow. Attracted, yeah. The uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention was I've been blasting my way through all the uh, the Treehouse comics oh, again. Wow! Uh, just because I got all of them up from that website where they put them up for yeah. nothing. Yes. Which good is price. unreal. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Uh, so, yeah, very good price. <laughs> uh, so I uh, <laughs> for fuck all. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just I've just been blasting my way through them. Again, and I've, I've re listened to all of the podcasts as well. The GM's podcast, yeah. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was a good accompaniment whilst reading along with it That's to cool. then go and listen to them speaking about other comics kind of mm-hmm. thing. And then you kind of get a perspective on where they're coming from when they're making something. Yeah, so it's good. There's a new issue in the can. Mm-hmm. Is it? As far as I can tell, it's like. Hundred percent done. All right. Okay. So just I'm, any, I'm waiting. Yeah. What's 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 it up to? Because I'm only up number to nine. Number twelve. Right. I'm only up to nine on this. <clears throat> number twelve. Yeah. I'm only up to nine, so I don't have ten or eleven. Ah. So I'd have to grab in. But it's the great issues. They were the best really, ones. Well. <laughs> ten or eleven. Yeah. But they're really, they're really really good. If you like your prehistoric animals. Yes. Oh, what's that? Definitely. Definitely. But they were they were amazing, and Bob and Rosie sending us their comics as well. It's been a good year for the for the group and for the podcast. Sure has. It's been mm-hmm. really really good. Can't, can't well, what have you got there? Backed up and boarded. Yeah, let's see this. Let's have a look. There's a few things. Do you know what? When you said oh, best of the year, I, I thought I should have been taking notes. I couldn't remember. Yeah. Well, it took me ages to think about. <laughs> but then I did remember this, and I thought, yeah, this was this year. The old Jeff Darrow. The Shaolin Cowboy. Who'll stop the rain? This is 
bloody insane. I don't know if you've read it. Jeff no. Darrell is absolutely Jeff Darrell, the level of detail in every picture. Oh yeah, North American turkey is vultures. insane. And he's always got animals really mm. talking in depth. And, 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 he's drawing them quite well. This. I mean, it's just, you look how long it takes him to draw this because of the detail. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he, he does think, he's one of these guys, a little bit, Carol Baker's done it as well. There's certain things I can't be bothered with in comics because they're like, they're cool, they're hip, they're edgy, they're violent, they're dark, they're, they're blah, blah, it's boring to me. It's like, it's been done. But he does it, I mean, it's so violent, it's just ridiculous. You like a bit of ultra-violence. Ultra-violence, but this is like real ultra-violence. He's know? always done it, though. He did it before it was cool oh, to yeah. do it. He did it when it was cool to do it. I mean, look. He did it when it wasn't cool to do it. He did it when it wasn't cool to do it, and he's still doing it. Look at and the he's the best. <laughs> Motherfucker. He is. No, he is. <coughs> I mean, you, you have to get hard-boiled. Yeah, hard-boiled is amazing. The, the script is with Frank Miller. The art is Geoff Darrow, and it's just... This is just lovely. I mean, the mental. Mental. I don't know if I've read anything that he's drawn. Which I think that was. It's, like it's a just... Guy I've always enjoyed this series. Coma with a big guy. Is he the guy that drew the car? The car oh, yeah. I borrowed a man. book off someone last year. I borrowed a book that... That I borrowed off one of you guys with a red hardback cover set during the Second World War or First World War with the Romanian Romanian kind of priest R Romanian kind of special powered girl. Mm. Don't know what it's called. Oh, I'm wondering if he drew that. Oh, oh no! Was that the the Frank Miller thing? Uh, yeah, Liberty. Thing. It's very imaginative. Give me Liberty. No, that's not that. It wasn't like, give me Liberty. Second World War? Set. No, that no, was no. the future. That was that's the future. Give me Liberty. I just remember what you said. So, are you collecting that? Well, this was, there was like four of them, and they've all come out now. Right. And that would have been And there was previous series. There was one where... The shit will leave that one. Do you know, there was one where he was like fighting a load of guys in the desert, and so you got like a double splash like the Kirby, right. and it was all these guys standing waiting to fight him, right. and, and they had like, you know, say they had like bats and nails and, and just all this violence, you know, and then and then you turned the page and it was another load of them waiting, right. and then you, and there was another, and it was the whole issue, was one big panel, all these guys waiting to fight with them. Right. That's, that's the one. So what's... What is it with hard boiled? What, what oh, is, yeah. is he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor yeah. shows concerns about his cholesterol levels. Yeah, you, it always opens <laughs> with like animals talking quite, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Quite profoundly and quite <laughs> explicitly. What's that? Some oh, that's the hard boiled. How long did that run for? When was that out? Do you know what I always remember with that? The cover, and it was the guy with the gun, and there was a car, and he was like kicking the car. And it was driving at him, and it was all that. Through, that. Yeah, just that, that's that. the first image I remember going, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> you know? When, when was this? The what was that, early 90s? Early 90s, yeah. 
Never heard I of the collection. How many did it run for? Frank Muller uh, wrote it, didn't he? Yes. I, know they did it. And it was, uh, I remember Frank Muller talking about. Oh no, it wasn't that one. It was the big, uh, the big guy, Rusty the Robot. That was Jeff Darrow as well, wasn't it? Just another Jeff Darrow as well, yes. Yeah, and I remember he got the artwork, and it was like whole entire buildings collapsed, and, and Frank Muller was meant to dialogue it. And he was like, yeah, I'll do it. And he got all this artwork and I just sat and looked at it and went, I've got no idea what to put on this. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was like entire buildings <laughs> collapsed <laughs> on the characters. And, and I remember, so he was writing stuff that was totally unconnected, like a mum and a daughter were having a child. <laughs> you know, it was just, he couldn't add anything to it. So he was adding this wacky stuff. So that's Jeff Darrow. Have a look at that. <laughs> I've just seen how, uh, how the vultures die here. Oh, yeah, yeah. When he grabs the, the first one, squeezes its neck so tightly, its yeah. eyes bulge out like bullets, yeah. and the eyes go through the other ones. <laughs> yeah, and then they had to add to the vultures in. But even, even the, <laughs> even the space like bubble is covered in blood. Right. Yeah, and so they squeeze them so hard, the eyes <laughs> pop out and they shoot them. There was one with and the eye hits another one. Yeah, and it's, you know, it, it just kills them and that's it, and it explodes. <laughs> But that's the thing about Jeff Darrow, as I've said before, he's always done this it's sort so of a story. Yeah. Always, over the top. And that's what makes it so unique. Big. And he's, he's the reference. He's the reference. And it's imaginative as well. I've got. Absolutely. The first issue that I got at the con, wasn't it? Oh, did you pick up one of them? Yeah, well, it was you that said. would say by that. Yeah, basically. It was one of those. Right. Went, yeah. uh, Look, we've got Sherwin Cowboy over there. Right, yeah. It's 50p. Yeah. <laughs> I've already got it. Okay, buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, okay. I've got your orders. So yeah. Were oh, the other ones normal. drawn by him as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you like. There's been a few series of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was the original. I'll have to look it up. Yes, you do. This is something that I emailed to you guys. This is not from 2017 at all. This is from the late 70s. Oh, Micronauts. And this is a series that I've just been casually buying whenever, you know, and this year I got, well, it's the first 12 I've been interested in. I went for more, but Mike Golden drew them, and I'll show you if you've not seen it, but I wanted the first 12, and I finally got, I think it was number 8, or there was one I was waiting for, and I got it. The most difficult one. But this artwork, this artwork is very nice indeed, and I came to know this from the backup strips in Star Wars Weekly. They would print other right. Marvel science fiction stuff. Mm. So one of them was Micronauts. Yeah, incidentally, I used to have uh, toys just yeah. like that. Energized Spider-Man. God, yeah. I wanted one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but this is... Actually, this is... Um, the first issue is a very good science fiction world of set-up based on these toys, Micronauts. You know, it's a comic to sell toys, right? Mm. I mean, I was reading that, I was seven or something, I just thought it was the greatest thing ever, you know. But yeah, it's nicely done, and it goes through, and a lot of them are based on uh, one of the toys I actually had. This this thing here, I had this thing hmm. when I was a kid. Oh, and I've still got its head. It's, uh, <laughs> I've, still, I've still got the, uh, they call it Death Tank or something like this, but it was called something else in the, in the, on the toy. Giant Arco year, I think. It was and called. Jaws again. Jaws too. So Jaws evening. That was ninety seven eight. Jaws too. But this page was, you know, someone Mike Golden does a lot in this. It's that kind of quite impressionistic in a way, and he always has quite violent um, 
people are jerked violently. He does that all the time. Yeah. I sat and reread the series and you notice he's and the expressions like, of the yeah, you know, facial expressions yeah. as well. It's like are very here, Mike. <laughs> no, yeah. Michael Bowen is, is a, an incredible artist. It's one of my favorite ones. He hasn't done very many comics. No. He's done a lot of covers and he's done a few comics. So if you have the chance to get a Michael Golden comic, buy it because uh, interesting, you know, color stuff mm -hmm. and time. way, way, his art is way ahead of his time. So I'll pass that on. And do you know another thing I like about this that's always tickled me is Micronauts issue one, still only thirty five cents. <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> Okay, so that just amuses me. That's a Dave Cockrum cover as well. That's a Dave Cockrum cover, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good series. My and I, I, I did bring all of them, but I brought a few to give you an idea. So the first one sets up the science fiction world. And then there's a, you know, the usual kind of thing. They go through like a vortex or, the, or blah, blah. And they end up here on, on our Earth. And as they're going through, but they size. it becomes apparent yeah. they, they, they're, going to, they're going there and then they come across like, oh, what's this structure, blah, blah. And then you turn the page and it's a swing in a garden. And then you realise they're the same size as the toys, you know, when they come to this universe. <laughs> right. And like, there's a big dog, you know, woof, woof. And they're all like, oh, what's this? So they have quite a few issues where they're going about on Earth. Uh, and of course, that gives them the opportunity to meet man thing. You know, they've got to right. interact with like some regular reliable characters. Come back and smell that from here. Great, yeah. That, comic, uh, that old comic smell. Yeah. Well, that's copyright. Oh, right. Master, look, the Master. Mindset. Master will come through, yeah. Action, drama, thrills. <laughs> so, thrills. I would say, I don't know how you would take to this, you know, as a growing adult for the first time. But I read it uh, at the it time something and I loved it. Yeah. And I can still look at it and think, come on, that's good art, you know. It's it's an interesting thing, but it's I definitely nostalgia. I can't read any Michael Golden comic any time. Really. Yeah. <clears throat> because, I mean, to me, it's an artist artist. This is a, it's one of those that has been an influence in many other. And also, he wasn't just a comic art book artist because he used to work in advertisement and design. Mm -hmm. Mm. And he's done that, uh, and he's done animation as well. So he's done many, many things. Yeah. Uh, so comics is no the only thing he's done. Uh, but those uh, in the seventies, late uh, I think it's late seventies, early eighties, that's he did a few things because he did Micronauts. He did uh, one Star Wars issue. Oh yeah, yeah. Which I have as well. I think it's the 37 or 38 American, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Uh, he did uh, a couple of issues uh, for Doctor Strange, mm -hmm. Volume 2 for Marvel. Again, that mm -hmm. one, uh, written by Roger Stern. Right. Again, that's a fantastic run if you can get it. Yeah. Because it's Paul Smith, it's Michael Golden, mm -hmm. um, there's P. Craig Russell, there's mm -hmm. A fantastic selection of artists working in, in those comics there. Mm. Um, yeah, and then the majority has been covers. And then, he, of course, he changed his style quite a bit and did the Nam. Yeah, and he did the Nam. The yeah. Nam was really good as well, but it looked quite different. Yes. 
but it's still Michael Golden. You, you can, can still see tell what was expressions, the chiaroscuro, the, the light and the, the dark. The characters yeah. got kind of more cartoony, even though, you know, a lot of them had like big chins and... Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, in a way... Yeah. Fantastic. Another, another interesting thing they did by Micronauts, as I was rereading it, that a lot of the lettering, they've made a decision to... Hmm. Like, you know, the I characters are that. in a spaceship and, and they're at a, bat, a strange angle, so they've done the... So you're often oh. reading it and you have to turn the page. And the oh. first time it happened, oh. I went, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And then as it kept happening, I'm like, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> so it was interesting, but... I, 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 I have all of these. Yeah. So, mm. And then I'm kind of jumping to... Number 11. Yes, this one is just... It's just amazing. This is like... Because it was written... They wrote the first 12 as a... A kind of funny series, right? And it carried on past that because yeah, it was yeah, so yeah. well. So they've kind of got number eleven as the big finale, and then there's number twelve where all kind of all the parts yeah. sort of land and spread out. The art, the art is amazing. Yeah, it's really nice. Did I hear right that they were wanting to make it into a film? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Probably. Yeah. Well, the thing is though. The rights will be all over the place, eh? They've never reprinted this. Well, the rights like are owned by the, the toy company. Yeah. So well has the so yeah, they have, have the rights. The, it's the same company that has Transformers. No. So they want to put Micronauts and Transformers within the same universe. Oh, okay. Well, they oh, done it. They done it. They done it in comics. They done it in comics. IDW they because they done Transformers, Mask. Yeah, everything. Um, Micronauts. It's like uh, Ken, Ken or something like. Yeah, Rom. Yeah. Uh, so oh. yeah. So the Rom was. I enjoyed the role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they, they kind of G.I. Joe kind yeah. of thing. But it's so well, that's based on what toys, they want to do with the films, <laughs> So that well, was yeah, the fantastic first issue. Yep, still only 35 cents. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. and then the last thing I brought was this is new <laughs> Peter Bag Fire. The Zora Neil Hurston story. This is tremendous. This is Zora, Zora Neil, Peter Bag, that's so good. Story. Is that yeah, they, this is like biography stuff, you know. Oh. <coughs> really worth a read. Drawn in quarterly. He does one of these every few years now. The subject matter, or the. I, I'm not actually too sure on the subject matter. I it's just like know that's Peter Bag. That's. Yeah. There you go. A pioneer. <laughs> Just, ah, he's so good, so so good. It's ridiculous. I, I, I just can't. I can never get over how he keeps the quality mm. exactly the same. It has never changed at all. You can go to like early days of hate, and it is exactly the same as that. It never, it never falters, not once. I think I do think it is interesting the way he's completely changed his topic. And he's oh yeah, and what he does, but he uses all the same tools. because yeah, it was like it was all grunge and hipster stuff and punk. And yeah, and it was personal yeah, relationships and humour and gross out stuff. And so when he first said he was doing this, I thought that yeah. was interesting. And then I read it and just thought it was terrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah just the subject matter just totally changes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before you go, I've got one thing to mention. Lovely. Uh, 
Matt Garvey is an independent uh, comic writer. Gave this away online, the first issue of The Devil in Disguise, which is like, I don't know, it's kind of like a weird, pulpy, <sighs> devil worshipping story. Guy meets a woman on the on the train and she turns out to be possessed with a demon child mm-hmm. and then it sort of gives you a, a backstory of how she became possessed with this demon child and the big cult that she's part of and then her escape and meeting this guy but then after she's met the guy he gets possessed by the demon that came out of her and it's the devil is inside of him that's where it kind of ends is the whole point of the, the story but just the way it looks and the way it's written it's done in kind of a <coughs> comedy pulpy kind of way I thought it was quite interesting mm-hmm. it's quite sort of stunning visuals with mm-hmm. severed heads and whatnot as well but it's good I like that and there's a previous there's another panel it looks like to me it's like a homage to the demon that yeah I Pretty much the style, posture, the face of the guy. Uh, this one? Yes. Yeah. Because that. Here. Mm-hmm. Very Jason Blogger. Yeah. It's very. Hair yeah. highlights. Yeah, isn't it? But it's, uh, it's nice. It's just, it's just kind of mm. impacted me. Very, very, very well written and lovely art. Uh, I can't actually. Uh, it's quite like Rob, Darwin Cook. Robert um, Ahmad. Ahmad. Mm-hmm. And Ahmad. Yeah, but it's uh, Matt Garvey was giving it away this first issue mm-hmm. online. Um, but I wouldn't mind reading a, a bit more. I'm kind of looking forward to issue two, to be honest. But yeah, quite nice. interesting that one. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a nice cover as well. I like I the thought. cover. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really give much away. No, which is good. I couldn't really, I couldn't really go into the story without kind of getting to the point. You know what I mean? So yeah. But it's, it's worth the read, so if you want me to send it to you. Mm. Yes, please. Um, I'm going to try and actually get a hard copy for anybody that wants to wants to read it. But, uh, no, I've, I've got it down, thank you. But yeah, I thought it would be worth mentioning for everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Oh, okay. yeah, I've got a wee glimpse of fire. Yeah. Hi to your great book. Gentlemen, <coughs> it's been a pleasure. Cheerio. Oh, I shall yes. see you next time. See you next time. Mm. Enjoy your battles. I know you will. Uh, do it. I've got lots of. Stuff to enjoy it. So, Rampill. The one thing I would recommend. Solve. Wow. With Rattles, you read it on your own. Yeah, yeah, I won't be, I won't be reading it with Armando. <laughs> Nora Miller sent us a question. I asked it on Twitter if uh, anybody had any questions oh for God, us to send them on. Gonna be? <laughs> if, 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 I asked if anybody had any questions for us. Mm-hmm. If we could just send them on, but it's just. Any questions? So it doesn't necessarily have a great toss. What is your blood type? <laughs> so it's going to be serious, is it? No, no not the slightest. We have uh, got serious comic people listening to this podcast, have we? Yeah. Fucking hell. Um, shit. Uh, Nori says, uh, perhaps Tom might be able to answer this question, but my question is, why do dogs have cold noses? I heard it was because a dog helped to plug a hole in Noah's Ark with its nose, but I've always debated how true this is. Any info would be great. Thanks. Not right. 
Nose is always wet because it emphasizes the smell when that wetness is easy to get cold. Is that the final answer you go with? Sounds. <laughs> um, it's not just dogs, it's lots of mammals with wet noses. Plus with ours, our nose kind of sticks out a wee bit and uh, it loses a lot of heat. There's not as many uh, blood vessels here as there would be in, inside here. I, never got I bet you weren't expecting a serious answer here. And it's cool. <laughs> Brilliant. I never, uh, I, never got a, I never got a defining answer on it. Every time I looked it up, I got like 40 different answers. <laughs> it's, like, it's to help them with their scent. It's to help them keep uh, hydrated. They mainly have it because they lick their nose constantly. They get it because... It's the one part of their face that sticks out, and it's the moisture goes on. I got panting helps them dehydrate more, uh, helps them cool down more than uh, that their nose. They, they don't really have uh, yeah. the same sort of sweat glands we would have, but it usually helps them just to pant it out. What I've seen, brilliant. See, I was just going to point them to uh, Google. For, for, no, first, yeah. first, uh, first, second did uh, you know the science comics that mm. Mike brought along? Yeah. It was science comics, uh, yeah. the Great Barrier Reef and all that kind of mm, stuff. Yeah, yeah. They did a recent one that was dogs. Oh, so right. I was just going to say, if mm. you've got any questions and you about could get, dogs... You could probably get that one for for, uh, from that shop in Edinburgh as well, because that's where I got I, That's where I got the dinosaur one, and I think that's where I got the Great Barrier Reef one from as well. I got them go. from that shop. But, uh, yeah, they, they did one that was science comics and dogs, and it just gives you everything on the, on the dogs, but in can't really farm. For a second. I take it the dog's noses are quite sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes and no. Uh, yeah, if, so, if, um, if the dogs that I've got... If the See, when, when I was a kid, I had a cat. Mm. And having been brought up on... Say go now. Tom and Jerry and, mm. and Spike. Yeah. You know, in the natural order of things being... That you know, time Tom bit Spike on the nose, that would have been sore. Well, that, that's kind of stole my thunder because my cat was a house cat and one time a dog just ran in the house and I panicked, you know, I was like, oh God, a dog in the... Yeah. And my cat just looked and just didn't miss a beat and just got the claws up and yeah. went right in its nose. <laughs> and the dog went and just shot up the house. It all happened so quick. Also, the cat's confident because it's in its territory. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, a dog it's just like you get the hell up. Yeah. 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 See this? This all smells of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a bit of a bad combination when a dog's uh, sort of business end is its mouth and its nose. A uh, business end is in there. Uh, food wise yeah, yeah. so uh, it goes straight in there a cat if, if it was to do something like that it would use its paws yeah. so it doesn't want to get anything damaged yeah they don't kill by biting whereas dogs well they don't wrestle their prey by biting but dogs do yeah, right. so uh, the cat's main way of defence would be to swipe exactly. and the dog first thing it puts towards the cat is its nose so uh, it's a bit of a bad combination it's um make it it's leaving itself vulnerable <laughs> it? yeah it's a funny one because the dogs that I walk my god <laughs> they just plow right in with the nose as if it's got no feeling to it whatsoever. <laughs> you could have like the biggest, hardest bit of ground and this balls on the ground and they just go <laughs> straight in for it. So it doesn't ever seem sensitive to me, to be honest. And if my two or anything had gone, I could throw a tennis ball on hard concrete and they just go <laughs> straight in for it and get back up as if to say, oh, no, no. So, yeah. 
There you uh, go. On, on the no subject, if you're ever unfortunate enough to be uh, attacked by anything like a bear or a shark, mm. um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. smack it straight in the nose. Sensitive senses are. Smack the nose. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Smash it straight in the nose. There was a diver was saved. Uh, yeah, there was a diver was saved out in. Oh God, where was it? Someplace out in Korea or something like that. I can't remember. He was out diving in this. Uh, I can't remember the name of this beast, the, the actual specific type of shark, but it came straight head and fast for him. And his only reaction was to put his hand out because he couldn't, obviously, he can't swing in water. So he just put his hand out and it ran straight into his hand and then just backed up. Mm. And that was it. It was, mm. you know, they gave him the time to swim and get back up on the like boat. Jaws, yeah. mm. <laughs> <laughs> Does George get, uh, did he get a uh, clobbered on nose? Because he, he gets a big kick. Jaws! Did he get his kicked in nose? Jaws the shark. Yeah. Does he get kicked in the nose? Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> just, just Jaws. 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 Uh, and if it was a crocodile, that wouldn't work. Go for its eye. Its eye, so it's... I, see, I think a good spot. way to do it is to get like one of those big canisters and then put that in its mouth. <laughs> and then when it comes Shoot back, it from a distance. And aim it and go, what is it, you bastard? One shot left. Son of a... Swear it. Bang. No, no, no. Uh, what? Uh, right, thanks Tom. Right, thank you. Yeah, there's been a lot of good books uh, shared. Yeah. Don't yes. forget, do not, do, not, do, not, do not pull the seal off before you get up to that. get in touch for more links to the podcast links to buy our comics and more then go to our link tree at thatcomicsmell.com and please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe thank you for listening the music you can hear is by Richter FM and it's the title track from the EP Hibiscus you can check out Richter FM and this EP on Bandcamp YouTube, Spotify and Apple Music.